What would you like to let go of from the past year? What do you aspire to in the new year? Welcome to episode 231 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Penelope, Jane, Greg, and Gloria. They use the donation button on our website. Thank you, Penelope, Jane, Greg, and Gloria, for your generous contributions. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we at The Recovery Show may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During this show, we will share our own experiences. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I'm your host today. Let's start with a reading from Courage to Change. This is January 1st reading. We live in a society of instant gratification. Instant coffee, instant breakfast, instant money from our local ready bank machine. It's everywhere we look. No wonder so many of us arrive at Al-Anon's doors looking for the instant answer to all the problems that come from living with and loving an alcoholic. Recovery is a process. It takes time to regain, reclaim, and recoup all that was lost while we tried on our own to cope with active drinking. Building trust takes time. Change takes time. Healing old wounds takes time. There are no immediate, ready-made solutions. But the tools and principles of our program, steps, traditions, slogans, meetings, sponsorship, service, can lead us to the answers that are right for us. We all have dark times in our lives, but the journey to better times is often what makes us happier, stronger people. When we stop expecting instant relief, we may come to believe that where we are today is exactly where our higher power would have us be. Reminder from this reading, Al-Anon is a a one-day-at-a-time program. No matter what is going on around me, today I know that I am moving forward. I will trust the process of recovery. I'll let time take time. So here we are. It's the end of an old year, the beginning of a new year. Traditionally, time to look back at what happened in the past year or so, and to look forward and, in the tradition of our society, to make resolutions about how this year will be different. I want to suggest something a little different, because those resolutions that we make, they're usually very specific and often not possible to achieve. And so we fail, and we give up, and sometimes we give up after a month or a week or even a few minutes. The process I want to suggest begins with stillness, begins with sitting with ourselves for a few moments, looking back and looking forward. This exercise, I I actually hope you will do this, builds on three questions. Let's go through those one, one at a time. Looking back, the question is, what do you want to let go of from the past year? Be specific or general. You might want to let go of resentment about a specific incident. 
you might want to let go of frustration about a situation or a person that you can't control. You might want to let go of sadness and grief for something that happened. You might want to let go of fear. Not fear of anything in particular, but just fear that lives with you, that consumes you. What do you want to let go of? Get a small piece of paper, maybe even a piece of tissue paper, and write down the thing or the things that you'd like to let go of. And then, after you've written it, destroy the paper. Destroy the paper on which you wrote these things. You might burn it, safely of course, in a non-flammable container, maybe on top of the stove where it's not going to catch anything else on fire. If you wrote it on tissue, you might be able to dissolve it in some water. If you're really, really angry about it, you could flush it down the toilet. Or you could crumple it up, crumple it into a small ball and throw it away. And as you do one of these things, think about, feel the letting go. Feel the throwing away. Feel the dissolving or the burning to ash of these things that you want to let go of. Say goodbye to them. Feel yourself letting go of the anger, letting go of the fear, letting go of the anxiety, letting go of the resentment, letting go of the disappointment, letting go of the desperation, letting go of the sorrow. Let it go. Write it down. Destroy it. Let it go. And now, let's look forward. And I want to talk about the word aspiration in contrast to the word resolution. When we make a resolution, I'm going to exercise three times a week for the next year. I'm going to never eat candy. These are the sorts of resolutions that we might have made in the past. These are the sorts of resolutions that are impossible to keep because they're very specific and they leave no room for being human. They feel to me controlling and punitive. I will do these things or else what? I'll feel like shit. That has happened. But if you think about 
an aspiration, if you think about aspiring to something new, aspiring to something better, aspiring to a higher calling, if you will, in that aspiration, you set yourself a direction. You set yourself a moral compass, maybe. You set a place you want to go to, but you don't put a deadline on it. You don't put numbers on it. And when you do that, you now have a, something positive to work for rather than something that you will inevitably fail at. Because when I'm moving towards something, I may take little detours. I may go backwards at times, but I know the direction in which I want to go. I know the direction towards which I aspire. I know the goal towards which I aspire. Don't make it complicated. Don't find too many. One, two, maybe three things that you aspire to in the new year. But if I have six things that I'm trying to move towards, it's going to be really hard to know how to go. If I have one thing that I aspire to do, that I aspire to be, that I aspire to accomplish. There's no confusion. And every decision point, at every choice point, I can say, does this move me towards my aspiration, or does it move me away? Or maybe neither. When I did this exercise the other day, what I wrote down, and I want you to write it down. I want you to get a small piece of paper. This one to keep, not, not tissue paper. Get a small piece of paper and write your aspiration. And I wrote health. I wrote focus on health. As I am in the 60-something year of life, I'm recognizing that there are places where I really need to pay attention I really need to focus in order to continue to be active and happy. And so in 2018, I want to focus on keeping the health I've got, maybe improving it. This includes exercise. These are, these are things that I can do to move in the direction of my aspiration. I can exercise. I can eat well, which means healthy food, not too much junk food, but I'm not resolving to never eat candy. I'm not resolving to never eat cake. I'm not resolving to never have a nice bowl of truffle fries. Oh, yum. And yeah, they're all full of carbs and fat. And if I that was all I ate, then I would not be moving towards health. But because I have a direction, but not fences on this activity, I can still do those things that might not be the healthiest choice, but allow me to enjoy life, you know? I mean, the, the, the purpose of, of keeping my health 
healthy, is so I can enjoy life. And if I'm miserable in the process, then what's the point? Right? So write it down. Write down your aspiration. One, maybe two, maybe three. No more than that. Write it down. Write it down on a piece of paper, or if you're writing down more than one, maybe more than one piece of paper. And put it somewhere where you will find it later. Put it in your wallet. Put it in your purse. Put it in your Al-Anon Daily Reader. So when you open it, it might fall out, and you'll say, what's this? Oh, yeah, this is what I'm aspiring to this year. I had almost forgotten. Or tape it to your mirror if you feel like you want a daily reminder. Put it in the sandals that you'll be putting on when summer comes, because by then you will have forgotten. And it will be a nice reminder of what you want to be, what you want to do, what progress you'd like to make in this year, what you wish for yourself. It's really what an aspiration is. It's what you wish for yourself. And so the third question then is, what do you wish for another person? What do you wish for another person to have in the coming year? And I'm going to put a real boundary on this one. I want you to write, if you can, one word, maybe a short phrase, or draw a picture of what you wish for another person. You might have a specific person in mind, but I encourage you to think about a person you don't know. What would you wish for them? And again, write it on a piece of paper, but now what? But now what? Well, I did this exercise with a group, did it at church, in fact, and we all put our wish for someone else into a basket. And then at the end, we all picked one out. So I don't know who got mine. I don't know who wrote the one I got. I have a random person's wish for me, or my wish for a random person. Well, how can you do this? Here's some ideas, maybe. You could give it to someone, maybe a loved one. You could hand it to a stranger on the street, but that's a little tricky. Put it in a library book. Hmm. I've done that. I've left things in library books for somebody else to find, and I have no idea whether they liked it or they just threw it away. doesn't matter. I've passed that wish on it, sort of like a prayer. It's a prayer for a person who might need it that will come to them hopefully when they need it. You could tack it on a community bulletin board in a store. What else could you do? Chalk it on the sidewalk. Hmm. You got kids, you get sidewalk chalk. Well, if you live where I am, it's not really possible to do that right now because the sidewalk is covered with snow, but could happen later in the year. There's a, a place that we go sometimes for happy hour after work that has brick walls, open beams on the ceiling, 
and pieces of chalk lying around. And of course, people have written all kinds of things on the walls, on the ceiling, on the columns. If you know of a place like that, there's a perfect place to leave your wish for somebody. And what might you wish for somebody else? I don't know what you would wish. What I wrote down, well, what I thought before the boundary of one word was placed was I was going to write something like, you are loved and you can love. And then they said one word and I was like, hmm, one word. Well, I wrote love. And that is what I, I wish for anybody is that you have love, that you have love of other people in your life, that you have people or maybe pets that you can love and that you have, as we express in our program, the love of a higher power who guides you in your life. What I received was more than one word. The person who wrote the wish for me had drawn, I guess, a picture of a clock face that said 1111. And below wrote the words, remember when you see this, that we are all one. So now anytime during the year, when I look at a clock and it says 1111, I might remember that. I might remember that we're all one. We are all children of God, if that works for you. We are all endowed with our own spirit and our own dignity. So these are the three things that I ask you to do as you look back and forward. Write down a thing or things that you want to let go of from last year and destroy them to let go. Write down one or two things that you aspire to in the coming year. Put it somewhere you will find it later. Maybe somewhere you'll see it daily. Maybe somewhere you'll find it when you clean the old receipts out of your wallet, as I do occasionally. I'm like, what's this piece of paper? Oh, yes. This says, focus on health. That's what I'm aspiring to. And what do you wish for another person? Write it down and give it away. I'm sitting here looking out the window at a winter scene. And there's a flash of red in the tree, which is a cardinal. Just a little spot of color in the gray. It's wonderful and totally off topic. I picked some music as I do. These are all songs that were released in 2017. So songs from the past year. The Black Angels are sort of a psychedelic rock band from, I believe, Austin, Texas. And the song I picked from their latest album is called Life Song. And what I see in the lyrics here is the, the singer is feeling lost, alone, maybe deserted, dying. And in dying, moving through to the other side. So maybe a metaphor there for the end of the old year, 
letting go of the fear and the disappointments of the past year and moving through to the new year, which is full of, full of potential. I don't know. Some lyrics here. How can I explain with no voice, with no chance, as I'm traveling upside down into a world of the unknown? And I'll see you on the other side. this section of the podcast, we talk about our lives in recovery, what's happening in our meetings and our lives this week. And first, I just, I want to thank all of you who sent email or left voicemail with condolences on the death of our beloved dog, Jake. I'm not going to read those into the podcast, but I do want to, I do want you to know that I received them and I felt such gratitude in your, in your expressions. Thank you. So what's been up with me in the past couple of weeks? Last week's post on Christmas Day was a, an open talk with no discussion around it. So I've got two weeks here. And, well, the big, the big thing was traveling for, for the Christmas holiday. The big thing after still grieving the loss of our dog, starting to find new homes for his property, for his goods. Many, many neighbors are now hosting bits and pieces of his life. And that's that's a wonderful thing. But the Christmas trip. So it involves travel. It involves driving. We drive about 400 and some odd miles from our house in Michigan to my parents' house in New York State. The drive there, we encountered some almost blinding fog. At one point, I think our visibility was 50, maybe 100 feet, which is a little bit unnerving when you're on an interstate highway. Feeling that I would like to drive within the limit of my visibility and feeling pressured by the traffic around me who apparently wants to go faster than I'm comfortable driving. But we got through that. It was a little bit of snow here and there, but it was a pretty good drive program here, letting go of expectation of when we're going to arrive and going with what actually is. It's really foggy. I'm going to be driving 30 to 40 miles an hour. Well, I wasn't, I don't think I was ever driving 30 on the highway, but I'm going to be driving at a rate that I believe that if I see something up in front of me, I can stop before I hit it. And, and keeping, you know, God grant me the serenity, keeping that going and knowing that I will get through it. And I did. We did. And then, of course, we're there and thinking about returning and listening to the weather. And, and they're talking about three feet of snow in Erie, Pennsylvania, which we drive through on Christmas Day, another couple of feet the day after and wondering are we going to be able to drive home? Are we going to have to drive 100 miles south out of our way in order to, to go around this storm? But the day that we had chosen to drive home was also the day where the wind shifted and it was not snowing in Erie, Pennsylvania. The roads were pretty clear. They were wet. They were messy. I went through 
not quite a whole gallon of windshield washer fluid on that trip. Uh, just keeping the windshield clear so I could see. Again, just going with it, knowing knowing that it will be through and that we have to take what comes. We do not have control over the weather. We do not have control over the other drivers. And paying attention so that when there was a sign that said, hey, there's an accident ahead on I-90 in Cleveland, we could take the southern route around Cleveland and avoid what appeared to be maybe an hour-long delay. All right. So that was that was fine. How was the visit? Okay, so again, as I've said, we're living in this small house. The four of us in my family, that is to say me, my wife, my two children, adult children, are living in sort of a loft that's got two bedroom areas and a bathroom between them, no doors, uh, no wall between. I mean, there's a low wall between it and the uh, the living area below. Sort of privacy and sort of not. Very close. So that's that's a little bit stressful. God grant me the serenity. My parents are definitely having memory issues. Short-term memory is not always there. Being patient, understanding, accepting. When my mother asks the same question five times, when she's confused about what's happening today or tomorrow. And she's anxious about it. She doesn't doesn't know what's happening, but she feels that she should know. Being loving and understanding. We got my mother a new computer for Christmas. She wanted a laptop computer because she was finding it difficult to use the one on the desk. And of course, it's different. It's a newer model. It's a newer version of the operating system. It is, is the same the same kind of computer, but using it is different than what she's used to. And so being patient with her, walking her through, logging in, opening the internet browser, opening the mail program, writing some text, saving the text, closing the computer, opening the computer again, and not remembering from one day to the next exactly what she needs to do, and so having to go through it again. Finding that patience, and seeing my children also have that patience with her was very, very heartening. One of my children, I have some real fundamental disagreements with their opinions, their statements these days. I'm not sure exactly where they're going, but it's in a direction that, frankly, I don't like. Trying to not provoke a fight. You know, they're not an alcoholic, but they do like to pick controversial things, statements to make. And, and I can't help but think they're looking for a reaction. Just what it feels like. And trying not to react, trying to be calm and reasonable, using those neutral responses. Well, that's interesting. Hmm. I had never thought of that, that, that sort of thing. But it, it did happen 
at least once that they said something that just struck me so strongly that I reacted rather than thinking, rather than responding. I reacted and, and yelled at them about it. it. Didn't make me feel good. It didn't. And after I had calmed down, I, I went to my kid. This was Christmas Eve. You know, it has to be, right? Christmas Eve, right before we were going into worship service. So I'm just all wired up. I'm like jangling. And, and I know that if I'm going to have any hope of actually feeling the peace and the love of the Christmas Eve service, I need to apologize. And so I did. I said, I apologize for yelling at you. And my kid said, apology accepted. And at least I felt a little better. I, I don't know how they felt. But there was a lot of good in the visit, too. There was, there was happy times together. There was good food. There was warmth, love, and joy. We had a very, very relaxed, low-key Christmas present opening together. Not a whole lot of presents. I got socks. I got wonderful socks, warm socks, pretty colorful socks. You know, when I was a kid, if I got socks for Christmas, I would have been, what? And now, I don't need a lot of stuff. But socks, I'm going to enjoy them all year. Well, no, I'm not going to enjoy them in the summer because I don't wear socks in the summer. But I'm going to enjoy them. And I'm going to feel grateful to the person who gave them to me every time I put on one of those pairs of socks. It's a gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? We had a wonderful, uh, wonderful, in quotes, experience of, of working together to solve a problem. So my parents have this large Chinese vase sitting in a corner of their living room. I mean, it's about three feet tall, probably weighs 20 pounds or so. And there was a really bad smell that one of my kids tracked down to the vase. Like, okay, something's going on here. My father apparently doesn't really smell anything anymore. So he hadn't noticed. It was right behind the chair that he usually sits in, but he hadn't noticed. But we did. And finally got a light down in there so he could see what was going on. And there was a dead mouse in the bottom of the vase. I guess this mouse had jumped in and then no way could it get out. Uh, I don't know. Kind of sad to think about, but what are we going to do? So we take the vase and we dump it out and then we go get some bleach and rinse it out with bleach. And there we are. But it, 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 it took a cooperative effort of a number of people to, to get to that point of solving the problem, you know, and it, it just felt good to be working together. So that's some of the lowlights and highlights of that trip. Did not make it to any 12-step meetings, any Al-Anon meetings during the trip. There was, I think there was a day when we could have, but it really didn't fit in the schedule for the day. And so we didn't. The one that I usually go to was is on Friday. We arrived Friday evening, so that was not possible. And I think there would have been one on Monday, which was Christmas, so nope, not doing that either. Didn't make it to any meeting. So when I got back, you know, I was like, I need a meeting. I did, I did text 
Ellen and friends, when I blew up at my kid, said I just reacted to something my kid said. Where is that pause button when I need it? And I got some encouraging responses. Just need to touch base. Need to stay honest. On Christmas Day, another friend called because they were going through some stuff and wanted to talk about it. And so we did. And then they said, and how are you? And I'm like, well, <laughs> where do I start? <laughs> so I got a little bit of program in there. It was good. And, and probably I should have actually called somebody. But because he called me, I didn't need to. So I got back and Saturday was my first meeting. Yay, a meeting. I need this. It's the fifth Saturday of the month. And in that meeting, we have a table that is studying the concepts, which I did a series on the concepts a few years ago with Akila. And you can search for that on, on the recovery.show. I think if you put concept into the search box, we'll probably show up those episodes. And the one we were talking about this week was concept three. The right of decision makes effective leadership possible. I keyed in on on a few things there. One is, it's about, it's partly about delegation of authority. And then once you've delegated, once you've defined who has the authority for making particular decisions, then letting them do that. And I reflected on the past year at work where I was leading two teams and really had to give directions give direction to the teams, to people on the teams, and then let them do the work without micromanaging. So it's about not micromanaging. That's one of the aspects of it. The part of the reading that keyed into something very recent for me is there's a a little bit about when you're teaching a child to tie a shoe can be very frustrating and you just want to get in there and tie it for them, but they won't learn it. And I reflected on the experience of trying to teach my mother to use her new computer. And when there were times where I just wanted to get in there and do it. And I think there were a couple of times when I did just get in there and do it. And when I did that, she didn't learn the thing that I did because I did it instead of letting her do it. It was a good reminder. It's about what I've got for the last couple of weeks to discuss here. Looking forward, I'm continuing to receive emails and voicemails from you about parenting, about being the sober parent in a family, about being the parent of an alcoholic or addict child, and about how recovery has changed the way that you are a parent. Thank you for those. Those episodes will be coming up. And I have an offer from a listener to co-host one of those which I gladly accepted, and we'll see how we can make our schedules work for that. If you want to contribute, please do. Send an email to feedback at the recovery.show. Call our voicemail at 734-707-8795 or use the voicemail button on the computer or go to the recovery.show slash contact, which has details on all the different ways you can contribute your voice to our conversation. We would love to hear from you and I would love to hear your responses to the questions in this episode. 
What do you want to let go of if you're willing to share it? What do you aspire to? And what gift are you giving to another person? Please share those with us and put it, put it together in a, in a few weeks. What, what we're all aspiring to, what we're gifting, what we want to let go of. And I realized I didn't talk about what I chose to let go of in the past year. And what I want to let go of is my frustration at the conflict between me and my child. To try to love my child and accept that they're going in a direction that is not one I would have chosen. But to love them as a person and let go of the need to change their way of thinking, I guess. Our website is therecovery.show where you can find notes for each episode, including links to the music that we talk about for each one. Um, there are links to other recovery websites and uh, occasional blog posts, very occasional. I want to note that on therecovery.show, I posted a link to a little essay about recovery and the holidays that I thought was a nice follow-up to that podcast episode number 229 about holidays and expectations and recovery. So you might go check that out. So before we look at your emails and voicemails, take a little break. And the second song that I picked, also available on the website at therecovery.show slash 231, is Feel by Kendrick Lamar. This is off his album titled Damn that he released in 2017. All of the names of the songs are, and the name of the album are in all caps with periods, and I'm not sure exactly what that's supposed to mean. But anyway, this song is about feeling. In this song, he lists a whole bunch of things that he feels. Here are just a few. I feel like a chip on my shoulders. I feel like I'm losing my focus. I feel like I'm losing my patience. I feel like my thoughts in the basement. And now it's time for your voice. I've been meaning to write you for several months now. It's December 2017 right now, and I found your podcast this past summer. I listened to the pilot episode on boundaries back in July when I was in a rough patch with my primary qualifier. I was nervous about going to face-to-face meetings, so instead I focused on listening to your podcast. It gave me the courage and strength to try out meetings, and I went to my first one sometime in September. In addition to the meetings, I've been steadily listening to your podcast, and I'm so immensely grateful to you, Spencer, for keeping this podcast on the air for so many years. What a service you are doing for those of us who need this type of recovery. I remember listening to the episode titled Changes while I was walking to a meeting and contemplating the chaos I was experiencing with my qualifier. I was stopped in my tracks by the vulnerability, sadness, and confusion you shared with us due to your two co-hosts leaving, and I was warmed and touched and in awe of the fact that you have kept going despite whatever challenges have been throwing your way. I'm only on episode 60 now, but I'm comforted by knowing there are so many episodes that I have access to. Thank you again, Ravia, a loyal listener. And thank you, Ravia. And I am really 
happy that we encouraged you to, to find your meanings, to have that face-to-face that I feel is so important, to have that community of support and understanding. And I know you won't hear this response for a while if you're listening in order, but you will get to it eventually. Thanks for writing. Dear Spencer, I look forward to your show every week and enjoy listening to past episodes. One of the most enjoyable and helpful parts is your week in review segment. It has been a good example to me of how to evaluate my own program and admit to failings with humor and humility. Being able to do that is also a good example to my qualifier, admitting that I'm not perfect either, and that's okay. Your calm voice is very helpful to me when I'm upset. Listening to you in the night when I'm worried and can't sleep has been very helpful to me many times. Thank you for the time, preparation, and honesty that is required for your podcast every week. Sincerely, Penelope in Arkansas. Thank you, Penelope. And I'm I'm getting a lot of encouragement to keep going with the uh, week in review or, or whatever we're calling it. So I guess I'm going to keep going with it. Hello. I have been listening to your podcast on my way to work in the mornings after losing a very close family friend to his battle with a heroin addiction. It has provided a level of comfort, understanding, and a different perspective on addiction in general. On April 16th, 2018, I will be running the Boston Marathon on behalf of the Heron Project. The mission of the Heron Project is to provide assistance in taking the first steps toward recovery and a life of sobriety educational programs and resources to increase awareness on the signs of addiction and bring hope for a better tomorrow. This year marks its sixth year anniversary of providing support to communities, families, and individuals struggling with addiction, and I am humbled to be a part of their running team and raising funds on their behalf. I have stood on the sidelines as I've watched one of my favorite people and best friends struggle with this disease. The feelings of hopelessness, anger, sadness, and heartbreak that accompany addiction are familiar to me and become old friends after a while. Consider this. Think of your favorite family member, a mother, father, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, niece, or nephew. And then think of your oldest and dearest friend, the one you pick, not because you have to, but because you want to, because you were drawn to each other from the start. Now combine them. That is what my experience was like. Those two people are one in the same for me. Now imagine that person starts to fade in and out of your life, still physically present, but slowly the flame inside of them starts to dim and is replaced with something much darker. If you haven't struggled with or watched someone struggle with addiction, my above description may make little sense, but if you have, I suspect you know what I'm alluding to. When sober or not using, the flame burns brightly, but as soon as an old habit returns, so does the darkness. I wish that I could say my person's story ended happily, but just over a year ago, he lost his hard-fought battle with addiction to heroin. My goal is to try to prevent another family and another set of friends from having to deal with the unbearable pain of losing a loved one and feeling like they didn't do enough to help them. This time of year can be particularly difficult for many people and families struggling with addiction. The holidays can be joyful, but they can also act as a reminder of what was lost or taken from us, be it happy memories or a loved one. The rates of relapse are higher at this time of year. The Heron Project is doing all it can to make sure no one who has struggled with or been impacted by addiction has to struggle alone. They offer treatment navigation for individuals and families, including sober living options. There are eight different online support groups ranging from a young adult recovery program to a grief recovery group to a family support group. 
There are mentoring and recovery coaching options after treatment is completed, including scholarships to clinics and camps for children. And one of my favorite services is the preventive education movement Project Purple, which is a student-led initiative in middle schools, high schools, and colleges across the country. It is amazing to see the younger generations rise against this ever-growing crisis in the United States, working their way to a better tomorrow. Sincerely, Allison. And Allison gave me contact information. If you are interested in supporting her in this effort, I can send it to you. Write me at feedback at show, and I can send you that contact information, including a link to the donations page. It sounds like a worthy project. I haven't had time to look at it in detail, so I'm not going to recommend it, but if it appeals to you, I can put you in touch. I have a voicemail. Hi, uh, my name is Karen, and I'm from New Jersey. I was just listening to the podcast, and I want to say how sorry I am for the loss of your dog. I had to put my dog to sleep years ago, and I can still recall. I feel like it was the best decision, Um, and I... uh, I want to thank you at the same time for for your podcast. I I go to meetings, but lately I haven't been able to, and I listen to your show on my commute, and it helps me so much. It's really been a lifeline, and I just had to call to um, let you know that I um, am thinking of you and your family, and uh, with your dog Jake and. I believe that uh it's a very difficult thing to do, but um in some cases it's the best for animals. And even human my mom is so sick right now and she's been in and out of the hospital and she wants to pass away and we, we don't give humans the same dignity, it seems. I I know it's kind of a weird comparison. I uh guess a lot of holiday expectations, but I'm I'm trying to live in reality and live life on life terms for now. So I hope that made some kind of sense and uh thank you again. Thanks, Karen. I don't think it's a weird connection, actually, to think about how we deal with the the death of a beloved pet and the death of a loved one, a person. And I have thought about that some, and I think there is a place where sometimes we we need to let go of our desire to keep a loved one around when they're ready that all they see, all that is available to them is sort of a continued downward path and more and more intervention. And there are options that I'm aware of, not in detail. Um, I know that people can refuse treatment. And there's hospice that keeps people comfortable when they're, they're on the path to death. It's a very difficult, it's a very difficult thing. It certainly is. One of the differences that I see that I had to, come to accept in this case is that if Jake was a person, was a human, he was a person, he was a dog person. If Jake was human and 
needed that same kind of surgery, he would understand why his mobility was limited and why he couldn't do the things that he thought he ought to be able to do, why there was pain, because it was on the way to to some sort of healing. As a dog, he he just can't understand that. The balance that I found was that it wasn't something I wanted to, to put him through for the possible benefit of having him with us a little bit longer. For him to live in pain and confusion was not something that I wanted. And with most people, that's not the case, you know. So that's one of the differences, but it's a very, very sort of gray area for me. And it may be one that I will be facing as my parents' health continues to to decline. Um, we may come to a point where we're facing the question of serious intervention versus letting them go peacefully. My father-in-law died 10 years ago. And my wife was able to be with him for the last two weeks of his life. And he was in the hospital, but I think basically receiving comfort care. Wasn't all wired up to tubes and stuff. And what she told me afterwards, she said, you know, I think he was just ready to go. He just sort of slipped out of life. And when when somebody's at that point, I feel like I need to, you know, accept that. And I need to let them, let them let go. So, wow, I think my response was longer than your voicemail. Thanks for calling. Hi, Spencer. I'm most of the way through number 228, but wanted to thank you for the topic. 228 was all about trust and trustworthiness. The question you posed about what is trust took me by surprise. It's a subtle question that I'll have to consider at some length. At the outset, at least, I'm inclined to your position where trust is generally oriented towards something specific, trust that someone will do as they promise, that the other drivers are trying to do the right thing, and that faith is oriented towards a less defined object, i.e. higher power. Trust seems to incorporate vulnerability in a different manner than faith. On the other hand, the In God We Trust slogan, while simplistic, leads consideration the other way. In any case, I find it an interesting and provocative topic. I'd also like to offer my thanks for the production values you bring to the podcast and the effort you put in. The latter really shows in comparison to some others I listen to. As a longtime audio fan, I particularly appreciate your attention to sound levels, diction, and script. Regards, Greg. Well, thank you, Greg, for, for those observations. And yeah, it's, it's a good question. I mean, that's, it's an interesting question, I guess, is more to the point. That's why we asked it. Like, is there a difference? And if there is, what is it? Hmm. Everybody, I think, is going to come to a slightly different answer. And and thank you for the comments about production values. I do. <laughs> I spend some time on it. I do. And I'm glad that it shows, and I'm glad that you appreciate it. Thank you. Hi, I'm super new to Al-Anon, and I found the podcast to be super helpful. I'm only through episode 17, but I already know it will be something I go back to for a good long while. I'm curious if there are plans to transcribe the podcast. As someone who often processes information better when I can both see and hear it, I think it'd be great. Also, I imagine there are several deaf and hard-of-hearing folk in recovery who would benefit from your amazing work. 
I'm happy to volunteer some of my time to help if that's an issue. Anyway, thank you for being awesome and keep up the good work. I'm looking forward to all episodes I get to listen to in my future. Corey. Thanks, Corey. I thought about it occasionally. It's not something I have the time for, and there are transcription services, but they're relatively expensive. I've tried a couple times uh, auto automatic transcription like like the Google Voice Mail does. Not very good. <laughs> doesn't always capture the exact words or the uh, the flow of, of conversation. But I take your point about, you know, hard of hearing people, deaf people, not finding the podcast accessible. And that would certainly be true. I also realized that one of my favorite podcasts is On Being, and they do provide transcripts. And when I heard something, and then I want to go back and find it, it's a whole lot easier for me to go to the transcript and look in there. I listen to some podcasts about podcasting, of course, and they generally don't have a favorable opinion about transcripts. I think one of the objections to transcripts that they have is that they're not helpful for making your podcast findable in Google search or something. But yeah, it's worth thinking about, but it, it is a lot of work that I don't have time to do. Thanks for the idea. Spencer, I'm a new listener. I found both Al-Anon and your podcast a couple of months ago and have been listening to back episodes during long drives between two major cities in the Midwest. My significant other and I split our time between two cities, and he is a relapsed alcoholic. His binge drinking cycles are getting closer together and more intense, but his denial remains firm. I have been racked with anxiety and worry about his well-being, especially when we're not together. I'm going to meetings and adjusting to the idea that for my own sanity, I'm the one that has to heal, not him. I'm working on directing my focus back to myself instead of on what he may or may not be doing. It is so hard to focus on work and life when I'm constantly worried about things I can't control, like whether or not the man I love has hurt himself or is alive or dead. Thank you so much for your podcasts. They really help, especially when I'm driving to see him. They give me some perspective and I'm able to stop endlessly obsessing about what I might find when I get there. I don't know if or when he'll hit bottom, but I hang on to the idea that I might be able to be okay whether he stops drinking or not. It's what keeps me going back to meetings and what keeps me listening. Thank you for your service. I can't thank you enough, Laura. Thank you, Laura. Again, grateful that we can help. Dear Spencer, I was listening yesterday and episode 47 came up, the changes episode. I had deliberately skipped that episode last summer. Today, I was able to listen and appreciate it. Change is hard. Now I have so much come to value the variety of guest hosts who have joined you. They have added much varied experience and wisdom. This podcast is an important part of my program. It is my walking meditation. I'm so glad you made the decision to continue, that you're still making it work. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, Barbara. I was listening to episode 229 this morning. I'd written a while ago and heard you read it on the air. It was about confrontation. You suggested boundaries episodes. I'm listening to episode 178. Thank you. I'm not finished, but need to write. There is so much meat in there. We'll need to re-listen to it many times. Boundaries and ultimatums. Boundaries and seeing myself as worthy of boundaries. Something like that. Boundaries, starting with my enabling behaviors. Boundaries, what I can do for me, like leave when what are slash is unacceptable. Boundaries, how do I enforce them on me? Boundaries and consequences, so much. 
I have 40 minutes left to hear. Thank you again. Sincerely, Diane. Well, it was a good episode. I guess it is a good episode. Thank you. Jane writes about the, the panel discussion that I posted on Christmas Day. She says, Hi, Spencer. As a parent of a young man in very early recovery, I was so grateful for this episode. Listening to the parents speak of the miracles that occurred with their children was very comforting. Thank you so much for including this past recording. I love your show. Don't ever stop. A grateful mom and member of Al-Anon, Jane. Thank you, Jane. Gretchen writes, Hi, Spencer and all. I was just listening to the podcast about five years of recovery, and I got so much out of Diana's voicemail share. It feels like one of those miracle moments when you hear just what you need to hear, especially since I had fallen asleep to this episode and then picked it back up with this. I'm struggling with feeling my feelings. As Diana described, I tend to run away from bad feelings, often by just walling myself off with denial. But my mom died a month ago after a long illness, and now my marriage with my alcoholic husband needs to end because it's been five years of lies and betrayals with fresh ones in my period of mourning. There's so much grief, and I don't know how to face it. I know I'll be okay in the end, and I know people go through so much worse, but it still hurts, and that pain is scary to me. Thank you for the podcast, and Diana, thank you for your share that spoke directly to me and had me nodding my head and shedding so much needed tears. And I just want to add my thanks to Diana and her her occasional shares. They, I feel like they add a lot. Pat asked a question. She says, Hi, Spencer. I was trying to find the meditation app or website that you and Eric have referred to many times and couldn't find it on the website. Can you send it to me? Thanks, Pat. And I responded to Pat. Uh, the application is called Insight Timer. It's a meditation app for iPhone and Android phone. They have a web page, which is insighttimer.com. That's insighttimer, all one word, dot com. Since I've gotten this question a number of times recently, I've put actually a link to that website under the Sites We Like section, which if you're on a computer is on the right-hand side of the screen. If you're on a mobile device, it's probably all the way, almost all the way to the bottom. And it will say Insight Timer Meditation App, I think is the name of the link. Got an iTunes review titled My Sanity Checks by Lorisita who writes, I rely on this podcast to help ground me in recovery principles on days when I feel I'm doing well, and especially on those days when I feel overwhelmed with life in general. It's amazing how quickly I still fall back on old behaviors, so the general reminders of program principles is a lifeline. Thank you to all who contribute to this podcast, especially you, Spencer. And iTunes reviews and ratings do help people to find and maybe decide to listen to the podcast. So they are helpful. And if you listen in some place other than iTunes that allows you to, to review or rate, I'd encourage you to do so there as well. Thank you. It doesn't cost you anything to listen to the recovery show, but we do have expenses which run about $60 a month. You can help to support us and keep us on the web and in your ear. We have a donation button on the website where you can support us directly, just like Penelope, Jane, Greg, and Gloria did. And I have to say, it, it must be the holiday season. Many of you sent donations in the last month, and I'll be thanking you all who donated by name over the, the next few episodes just to spread it out a little and not put too many names in each one. But thank you so much. Thank you. You Really, your support continues to help make the recovery show better. 
Thank you for your support in whatever form you give it, whether it's sharing the podcast with your friends, simply direct them to therecovery.show, or just listening to us. We're here for you. The last song I picked is Quiet by Milk, and the performer's name is spelled M-I-L-C-K. You can listen to this at therecovery.show slash 231. And I found this song as an aspirational song. In this song, I see her aspiration as to speak out, to not be quiet anymore. And we got some lyrics from the chorus here. I can't keep quiet. No, oh, oh, oh. Let it out. Let it out now. Let it out now. The whole song is is kind of a, a protest against being told to be quiet and saying, no, I'm not going to. Thank you for listening, and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time.